0: Gospel reading is from the book of Luke. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to be by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then he turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. the Gospel of Jesus Christ
1: Good morning, great to be here again and uh, just very special to spend this time with you, and and, uh, we we, uh, got to know several of you through the journey process, and I would add to Scott's remarks about that. We'd love to have more of you be a part of that. There will be some from Journey 3 and probably some from uh, Rivergate Church, which is the building where we meet as well, and we have a partnership with them, but uh, we're really enjoying our connection to in-town and to... uh, Um, The folks here, and and Brian and I get together fairly often, and that's been a real blessing to me, so I'm just very thankful that I can uh, support Brian in particular and uh, In-Town Church as well. So we are finishing the sending of the 72. We've been in that journey now with them for the last few weeks, and uh, we just heard the end of that story as the 72 come back. So we, we began by looking at their belief in Jesus. They believed enough to go. And I, I always loved that. They just believed enough to walk out the door two by two and, and head to the towns and villages where he was sending them. Um, and then they built relationships once, he, once they got there. He told them to, be, to move into the homes where they were welcomed and to get to know the people and bring the peace of God with them, right? And that was, they were building those relationships. And then last week we thought about blessing. He asked them to bless people, to bless them. They would engage with people. They would heal people. They would tell people about the kingdom, and they were to represent Jesus. They were to bless. And today we're talking about heaven and earth, because as they come back and he meets with them, heaven is on his mind, we were uh, this last week. Barb and I were in Fairbanks, Alaska. We have a son there who's a, a state park ranger, and uh, his lovely wife, Stacy, and of course, three little urchins that we love so much. And so we spent. We just, uh, in fact, yesterday morning, we woke up in their little log cabin outside Fairbanks. And um, I'd like to say we woke up and got up, and it was dark. And what's well, not dark? Of course, it's light all the time. But but it was quiet. Um, But soon enough, as we're sitting downstairs, we hear footsteps, and it was Forrest, the the middle one, the four-year-old coming down. And Forrest is already dressed and ready to go because Forrest is a park park ranger. He is a park ranger. He's got his park ranger outfit. He's got his park ranger hat. He's got got his park ranger gun because Sam is a law enforcement officer. He's got all his park ranger stuff. And when Sam goes off to work... Sam takes—he calls it his make-a-lunch. He's got a, a cooler with all his food for because he, he works ten-hour shifts. And uh, Forrest has his cooler, and so Sam gets in the big truck, and then Sam, of course, talks to him through the you know the speaker and the microphone. You can they can talk from their trucks, you know, which of course is really cool. And he runs the lights and the siren because they live off way off by themselves, you know. And Forrest is there, you know, and 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 then Sam drives up their long drive up to the main road, and then. Uh, I mean, Sam does, and then Forrest takes his little cooler, and he drags it up the road. He goes to work. He does, and he'll be gone a couple hours, being a park Ranger. Forrest lives in two realities, at least two realities. Um, he, he knows he's a little boy, but he also is convinced, and he knows he is a pock Ranger. And Jesus is speaking to the 72 about living in two realities. That's who we are. Easy for Forrest. We, we forget it. We have a hard time with this because we just, you know, we see what we see. We feel what we feel. We live in this reality. But Jesus wants us to live in the dual reality of heaven and earth. We, we heard the... Jacob's dream, right in in the Old Testament reading in Genesis 28. Jacob saw it. Why did God show him this vision of angels going up and down a ladder? And then he tells them, basically, he renews the call to Abram. Right? I will be your Lord, um, and you you know you're the I'm the God of Isaac and Abraham and Isaac, and this is the land, and I'm going to bless people through you. He renews the vision. And as he watches the angels go up and down, as he watches this ladder between heaven and earth, and he wakes and he says, this is, this is the gate of heaven. It's like the portal. <laughs> you know, I'm standing at the portal. Wow. He sees both realities at once. N.T. Wright writes about heaven and earth. He says, we have been used to seeing heaven as a place separated from earth, somewhere far away, way beyond the blue, but that's not how the Bible sees it, not at all. Heaven is God's space, and the earth is our space. The heavens belong to the Lord, declares the psalmist, and the earth he has given to the human race. But the point of God's split-level good creation, heaven and earth, is not that earth is a kind of training ground for heaven, but that heaven and earth are designed to overlap and interlock And that one day, as the book of Revelation makes very clear, one day they will do so fully and forever as the new Jerusalem comes down from heaven to earth. So we're talking about heaven and earth. Let's pray. Lord, would you speak now through your word? Would you fill us with your thoughts? Send your spirit, Lord, hovering over us through this room. Teach us. Help us to see heaven and earth. Help us to realize that both are here. We pray in Jesus. Amen. Luke 10 verse 17, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the the demons submit to us in your name. I love to imagine when I read Scripture, particularly the narratives to imagine yourself in that situation. And think of the 72. They've been making their way back. They have apparently experienced the power of God. Jesus sent them to heal, sent them to tell people about the kingdom. So they've been doing that, and they've seen something happen. And they've seen people respond in some way to the message of the kingdom. And they're coming back two by two, and they're, they're talking to each other. And you've had this experience after an amazing experience of some sort, and you're traveling back with someone. Maybe you're in the car, and, and, and you're just talking about it, and you just laugh, and you just, wow, that was something. And then maybe you meet two of the others. There's a certain intersection in the road, and, hey, did, did, what, what, did something happen? Yeah, that was so crazy. And they come back and more and more connect. And then they meet with Jesus. And can you picture that? They picture that. I don't know. Maybe there's 70 of us here this morning and Jesus and they're are they seated outside? I don't know. Or they're they're just laughing and they're talking and they all want to say something. They all want to tell a story. And Jesus is is just listening and he's laughing and he's he's giving this one a hug. And he's someone else is running up and they're telling about this story and that story. And they're They're just going on and on, and it makes me think of worship. You know, Matt and his team work really hard, and Brian, they work hard to to, to lead and prepare worship, and sometimes I think they work too hard. Sometimes I don't think they should have to work that hard because worship is really meant for times like this, when we're coming back from our experiences of following Jesus. And we're just, whoa, crazy. I don't care what you, what you sing, Matt, I'm singing it because <laughs> I am just so filled. Now, I know worship's not always like that. And sometimes you're, obviously, sometimes you come and you're lamenting and you're, you're struggling and you're in, you're in the dry times and God God knows that and God actually sends those at times, doesn't He? The journey should inform our worship. They were worshiping. And finally, one of them says, even the demons. Yeah, we, we had a demon encounter. And I said, your name, Jesus? I, I've never done that before. And the demon left. Wow. Jesus, this is, this is so good. Let's read on. Jesus replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. He is rejoicing with them. I saw Satan fall. Now, different opinions what what that means. Obviously, there's Scripture about the fall of Satan from heaven originally, right? Lucifer, and, and, you know, he was the chief angel dude, and then he got full of himself. And I'm thinking maybe that's what Jesus is talking about. I was there. I was there. I was there when that battle actually was won. That battle was won. Satan is a defeated foe. I saw it. I know how you feel. I felt the joy of that moment. And I know how you feel. I was there. Jesus is telling us about himself. He's telling the 72. They're getting this rare picture. And I imagine that room got very quiet. And they're all sharing their stories. And all of a sudden, he's talking about, oh, yeah, back in the day... (laughs) Me and the Father and the Spirit, I saw Satan fall. And they're all going, oh. And somehow, somehow my experience is connected to that, Jesus. Somehow we are connected to to your history. I saw Satan fall. I have given you authority. The authority over an, an already beaten foe. I am, Jesus is saying, I am that gate that Jacob saw. I am that ladder. I am that point between. I am the place where authority comes from heaven to earth and it exists here. That's my whole reason for coming. So that authority, that authority that you just experienced, whether you cast out a demon or whether you prayed for a fever or whether you watched someone's eyes light up when they began to understand who the Messiah is, you saw that authority begin to work. I am that ladder. Then he says, "Nothing will harm you." That's good news. I was uh, talking with my friend Josh. I told his story last week. He's a North Portland pastor, young fellow, expert skier who fell down the mountain and should have died, and. Broke a lot of bones, but uh, didn't, for some reason, have internal injuries or didn't have a brain injury. And, um, and the story is, and I think I said this as well, that his younger brother, Benji, 10 years ago, a similar accident, died. He was telling me that after Benji died, a few months after, his, his mother, um, Josh and Benji's mother, was, was teaching a, a kid's Sunday school class. And she, they were talking about the love of God. And she just felt this wave of grief come over her. And she just, in her heart, cried out to God, why didn't you protect Benji? And she said she heard in her mind a voice that said, but I did protect him. Nothing will harm you, Jesus says. In Acts 12, we see where... Uh, Herod puts James, the brother of John, to death by the sword. And he, he, said, he saw that it pleased the Jews. So he took Peter into custody. He's going to kill Peter too. Then there's this miraculous thing and the angel comes and Peter is let out and they celebrate. And I'm thinking if I'm John, James's brother, or their mother, I'm thinking, well, what about James? Nothing will harm you. I will protect you. But I did protect Benji, God says. He did. He does. My son is uh, just a year now been in this uh, law enforcement position. It's a state park ranger, and you might think, oh, that's okay. He's just checking campgrounds. But he's checking campgrounds full of Alaskans (laughs) who have guns, and uh, many of them are doing things late at night in campgrounds that they shouldn't be doing. It's scary. It's scary for us, scary for his wife. He loves it. (laughs) Lord, protect him. Jesus says, I do. Nothing will harm you. Do you trust me? Follow me. We're all going to die. We're all going to have struggles. By the way, Jesus had a little trouble, didn't he? Crucified. Paul, shipwrecked, beaten, starved stoned? Do you trust me? Will you go as I'm sending you? You 72, nothing will harm you. I will protect you. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Go. And finally, we're all kept in his good care, aren't we? Finally, we are. Your names, he says, don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you. But rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So rejoice that we're all going to heaven someday. Well, heaven is here. Heaven is meant to be... Jesus has just come down the ladder. Jesus brings heaven to earth. Heaven is God's space. Earth is our space. Two realities, they interlock. We have trouble sometimes seeing heaven. But the reality... Of both interlock in Jesus and now somehow in his church, in us as well, particularly in the sacraments, heaven and earth interlock. Again, another good quote from N.T. Wright. He says: the point of following Jesus isn't simply so that we can be sure of going to a better place than this after we die. Our future death, our future beyond death, is enormously important. But the nature of the Christian hope is such that it plays back into the present life. We're called here and now to be instruments of God's new creation. The world put to rights, which has already been launched by Jesus, and of which Jesus' followers are supposed to, to be not simply beneficiaries, but also agents. I like that. I like being a beneficiary. I like that. I like that there is the policy or eternity. I'm glad to have it. But I like that I'm an agent of heaven right now. And Jesus, I think, is telling His disciples, don't just rejoice over that great victory. Rejoice that your name is written in heaven. You are, you are listed as an agent of heaven right now. You are living the heaven and earth intersection right now. Rejoice about that. That is pretty darn cool. That's a literal translation of the Greek. Well, let's read on. Verse 21, "'At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, "'I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure.'" One of my favorite movies is uh, 2010, the year we make contact. You know, the follow-up to the 2001 Space Odyssey. Do you, who's seen that? 2010? Oh, a few. <laughs> well, in, the basic story is they're going back to see what happened to the one group that got lost out there by the moons of Jupiter somewhere. And it's a joint mission um, between, with, with Soviet and uh, American astronauts. And at the same time, there's back on Earth, things aren't well, and it takes, of course, a long time to get to the moons of Jupiter. And back on Earth, between the Soviet Union at that time and America, things are getting worse, and it looks like they could even be getting to war. So it's it's a, just a real tumultuous time. So they go, and on this moon of Jupiter, they discover. This obelisk, and, and and as it turns out, aliens have come and they 've set up camp out there, and they have come into our solar system and At the end of the movie, they send this message out, and, and i don 't can 't quote it, but it's it's basically we are here, and we 're in your solar system, um, and don't don't be mad at each other back on earth, be good to each other, don't make wars. Um, all these planets are yours to use except this one we've chosen. And, 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 and you get the sense at the end that everything has changed because these, this alien benevolent presence has come to a moon of Jupiter, and now we're going to be good to each other and not have wars. And it's, you feel that at the end of the movie. And You see, they can't really tell the real story of what's really happened because no one would believe it where the alien doesn't just go to a moon of Jupiter, but actually comes to earth and inhabits and becomes a human and lives a life, and God comes that. And it's not just an alien, but it's God. That, that's too crazy a story. Science fiction won't touch that. So we'll keep it on a moon of Jupiter and make it just an alien. Jesus, full of joy. Jesus, God incarnate full of joy through the Holy Spirit said. Notice how Luke puts that. He's full of joy through the Holy Spirit. You think you should listen when Jesus is full of joy through the Holy Spirit, when he's going to say something? Should should we listen? You think he might have something to say? Maybe we should listen. Full of joy through the Holy Spirit said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. He's talking about heaven and earth. He doesn't just throw out phrases. He doesn't call God something because, well, I called him something different in the last worship service, so i got to change it up a little bit. He's very intentional. Father, he says, Lord of heaven and earth, that ladder between heaven and earth, you are the Lord. I praise you because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to the little ones. Well, that's us, Right? Hidden what things? The ladder, the connection, the ability we have to bring heaven to earth as we go, as we're sent by him into people's lives to bless people with healing and talking about the kingdom, to stay with people, to connect with people, to make it real in people's lives, to let him use us. We are heaven's agents. You've hidden that from the wise and learned. There's lots of wise and learned people who study the Scriptures and, and philosophy and, and they never f- quite figure out that we, are, we can be agents. We're, we're designed to be heaven's agents. You've revealed this, he says, to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. I love that too. That brought you joy. There's a lot of joy in this In this meeting with the 72. He was full of joy. This brings the Father joy. Jesus is, I'm sure, He's living at that moment with the Father, with the Spirit. And at that moment, it's just like a creation. And they saw that it was good. They saw that it was good. They saw that it was good. Joy, pleasure, the new creation. We're sending you out You're beginning to feel what it feels like to be agents of heaven. Oh, that makes the Father so joyful. And then he says, all things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. And again, picture the 72, it's quiet, and they're listening to Him, and What's going on? What is he talking about? Is this just sort of like a a daydream where he's just, oh, no one knows? Everything's been committed to me. Is this just a wonderful daydream? But we're listening, aren't we? We're, we're, We're intently listening to Jesus. He's walking us inside the Trinity. Jesus tells us a lot about himself in Scripture. He's just told us that His Father is Lord of heaven and earth, and now He's walking inside the Trinity with us. All things have been committed to me, or no one knows, yeah, all things have been committed to me by my Father. All things, not just these things now, it's all things. Everything's been, com- God, the Father has he's committed to me. I am the chief agent of heaven on earth. I am the top guy. I am the one everything has been committed to me no one knows the father jesus says except me no one knows the son except the father and then these incredible words and those and those to whom the son chooses to reveal him so i'm i'm walking you into the trinity I know the Father. No, there is a knowledge relationship here that has existed always and is, it's, it's incredible. No one has that. Ex- but now, he says to us, I'm choosing to reveal that to you as much as your brain can handle without exploding. I'm choosing to open that door to you. Joy upon joy. The 72 seated in that space with Jesus. Verse 23, "'Then he turned to his disciples and said privately, "'Blessed are the eyes that see what you see, for I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see but did not see it, and to hear what you hear but did not hear it. To you who have just returned,' from this journey you decided to believe and to go you decided to build relationships you decided to bless people and through that you began to experience heaven on earth and there's been many people that wanted to experience that to see it to hear it and they didn't because they didn't go they were too caught up in their own anxiety to believe and to go They were paralyzed. Blessed, he says. That's a word that gets overused. I use it too much. (laughs) I tell people you're a blessing. But Jesus, of course, means it. And we're listening to Jesus as he says it. Blessed. Blessed are your eyes and your ears. You've seen, you've heard these things. You've seen heaven come to earth. Yesterday morning, we got up, and uh, as I said, we were down, and I, I've been getting up a little early, earlier than the grandkids, and, and actually working on, on this message, and, and so I sit in their log cabin, and, and uh, uh, work on this, and, and, and then I hear, you know, start to hear feet, and here comes Greta first, the seven-year-old. She is very mature. She's an old soul. She comes down her long golden hair flowing and she sits and, and then comes Ruthie, usually. Ruthie is in charge and she, she's the three year old and she's she's the boss and she knows it and she comes down, she's talking all you know all the way down, she's always talking. And then comes Forrest, the Pawquanger, and they all come down and they sit, and I'm thinking about this scripture. And about heaven on earth and and, and i 'm thinking about Sam and Stacy still in bed because they 're taking full advantage of us being there, and um, sam 's been out late anyway with work and 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 just thinking about the, the tenuousness of his job and you know and praying for him and and just how much we love these people, and we want them. To be safe and we want them to be healthy. We want them to know God. We want them to grow in their relationship with God and to love Him more and more. And I get one of those little hints of God speaking, you know, of God saying, yes, that's it. That's heaven on earth. It's love. It's my love. That—that's He says, that's how I feel about everybody. <laughs> that's what I want for everybody. That's why I'm sending you to everybody because I love those people so much, and I want them to know that. 1 John 4 says, this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us. His love is made complete In us, if we love one another, heaven, heaven is on earth. We are made for this journey, the journey of ascending. And, of course, the evil one wants us to settle. And I, if I'm honest with you, I want to settle very often. I want to settle for less than being sent. I want to settle for being a beneficiary of heaven having my policy in the file cabinet. I know that God loves me, and I'm good to go. I'm going to just uh, enjoy my life. I want to settle for that. Can I read one more N.T. Wright? He says, Made for spirituality, we wallow in introspection. Made for joy, we settle for pleasure. Made for justice, we clamor for vengeance. Made for relationship, we insist on our own way. Made for beauty, we are satisfied with sentiment. But the new creation has already begun. The sun has begun to rise. Christians are called to leave behind in the tomb of Jesus Christ all that belongs to the brokenness and incompleteness of the present world. That, quite simply, is what it means to be Christian, to follow Jesus into the new world God's new world which he has thrown open before us let's pray Lord I lift up my brothers and sisters here this morning I lift up In Town Church and Brian and Katie and their family and those that aren't with us this morning I lift up Journey 3 Church in Rivergate Church, Lord, help us to know that we are made for the journey. We are made to be agents of heaven on earth. Don't let us settle. Don't let us settle for less than that. We love you, and we praise in Jesus. Amen.